Blog Talk Radio. One and only true love, Princess Peach. Peach, you're so cool. And with my star, we're gonna rule. Peach, understand. I'm gonna love you till the very end. Peaches, 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 peaches. Makes a guy come out of his shell. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Archivist's Bets on Sexy Witches, wow. a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective. And I am the head hauntress, and it is June. Usually on our June episode, I play June is busting out all over. But there was something I had to absolutely acknowledge before we get into our summer preview Pride Month episode. And um, the first bona fide hit of 2023 is the uh, animated film Super Mario Brothers, which is aimed at the tweeners and the teenagers, and it made a fuck ton of money. Um, as of, let's see, as of yesterday, its growth is $570 million, $0.5 million in the United States and Canada. Um, it's 753 in other territories, and it's already crossed worldwide $1.3 billion. So it is ridiculously huge. But the coolest part isn't the movie. The movie is cute by my um, evil genius thought. What's really cool about it is that song was Peaches. That song is sung by... My favorite guy in the whole world, even though Nathan and I fight about this all the time, um, uh, Jack Black uh, from Tenacious D. Yeah. And, you know, he did much more than, you know, I actually love Jack Black as to, uh, Black as, uh, from Mr. Show and Tenacious D more than his acting career, even though I absolutely love High Fidelity. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, oh, yeah. Walking on Sunshine will always be equated with him uh, because of that movie. Uh, uh, but this is the first time that Jack Black has been in the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Uh. That song. With that song. <laughs> and, it's already, and it's already listed on the long list for the Oscars next year. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Congratulations, Jack Black. And finally, so like he's had his first mm-hmm. mainstream hit. And it's like, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Oh, well, you know. 
No, no County for Taste, Teenagers Will Love, but they all love that song. So we're very happy for Jack Black. And, you know, There's and a serious big, talk big, of Oscar for that song. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, it's not just a little buzz, right? It's some big-ass buzz yeah. for Oscar. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I must If Blaine Canada could get nominated, why not? I have no problems with it. I, I, I'm still mad that we never got to see him perform School of Rock on stage that year. Yeah. Like, that that mm-hmm. song was not even nominated for best song. Oh, my God. I, especially because if I remember right, I have to go back and look. The person who won wasn't so good. Uh, but I'll have to go back and look at that. <laughs> I digress. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk about uh, – we'll do a quick recap until about 930. And then, uh, and then at nine thirty, uh, our guest calls in. Uh, she's been on the show before. She's a horror host and drag queen out of, I believe it's the, uh, uh, North uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. So she's really the only game in town, which is kind of amazing. Um, and Grand Forks is—I've actually lived in Grand Forks, <laughs> so I know what she's dealing with. And Janessa J. Champagne, she'll be on at nine thirty, talking about pride. Talking about summer, nice. talking about horror, all those things that she loves, and I'm sure because we are t- getting wrapping up towards Halloween already on this show because we always do. I'm sure she'll yeah. have some favorite vampire stuff to talk about because I know she knows mm-hmm. a lot about vampires. So that's all at 9:30. In the meantime, I'm going to introduce my sexy witches, and they're going to go and recap things they've watched and stuff, or thing anything they want to talk with about. I'm going to throw out first to my sexy witch. Uh, the, the the Enchantress of Nevermore, Raven Jesper Hark. How are you doing? You're from Los, currently living in Los Angeles, but actually residing right now in the old school tor- territories of Portland, Oregon, Pacific Northwest. How are you doing? Welcome to the Sexy Witches. Hey, uh, yeah, back in my home base, I brought the 90 degree weather with me for a few days, but it's starting to cloud over again and go back to Portland normal. Guys, so um, go ahead. First things first, we wanted to talk about passing that happened this morning, and I thought that you'd be a perfect person to talk about this. And then why don't you talk about anything you've been watching or stuff since our last episode, which was only two weeks ago, so we shouldn't have too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this morning news broke that Treat Williams passed away in a motorcycle accident. And I don't think all the details are in yet. He was 71, I believe. And uh, most, you know what? I don't know what most people would know, but my geek circle of friends first figured out Treat Williams existed because of the movie Hair. And Milos Forman is my favorite, one of my favorite directors. Um, Mm. So I definitely watched that one a lot. And then when I was in Durango at the theater um, that Aaron and I both worked at at different times, but never crossed paths. Diamond Um, Circle Theater at the Strader. Yeah, but it wasn't that. It was the, um, by the time I got there, it was just like the Strader Theater, the Henry Strader Theater. So they changed it. We're trying to get rid of melodrama. But um, a movie was coming through called The Great Alaskan Race. And it's like the Balto story, but not the Balto dog. It's like a different dog that did more shit. (laughs) Mm. And they needed a theater to show the newsreels of polio vaccine 
uh, getting to Alaska. And so um, they scouted that theater. And Hmm. I had to be the babysitter, basically. So I was there for 18 hours anyway every day when they were there. So they're like, you may as well just (laughs) get in one of the seats. We're using your costumes, too, you know, um, come on in. So not only me, but Buttons is in that movie, too. What? <laughs> because he was sitting on my lap. I don't know if we're um. on screen, but Treat Williams, <laughs> Treat Williams was, you know, an actual actor in that movie. And although I didn't get to do actual work work with him, I did get to see him, and he was, you know, hanging out in town. So uh, it's hard to miss people in that town because there's really only one main street. And uh, he was absolutely a treasure and um, just really humble and, like, didn't think he was famous kind of way. (laughs) Well, he's one of those character actors that you're like, oh, him. Because he was in a, a right. lot of stuff, like things we see. Oh, yeah. you know, I was I was going back over his uh, catalog, and a lot of these are smaller parts. But I mean, he's all over the place. His most famous, though, he had, he was a lead in Everwood, which was a TV show, which I never really watched right. it, but it has a huge following um, from right. like 2002 to 2026. But um, I know him for he plays the lieutenant to uh, what's his name? Joe, not Joe Pesci. Uh, What's the, the, the guy from the 80s? Joe, P- Dead Heat. Joe Piscopo. Yeah, Joe Piscopo in Dead Heat. Dead Heat. Yeah, he's in Dead yeah. Heat. And that's a pretty funny – like, it's a, I own a copy of Dead Heat. It's a very strange, cute little film. I have this um, box uh, a d- disc set of seven, and it's got mostly bad Jim Wazowski movies, but some of his best, like huh. uh, 976 Evil 2. And it also has uh, – was it Bud the Chud? And I think he directed that too. Uh-huh. And, Glee, and Glee's three goes to college is on there. And uh, oh, Chopping like, Mall. He, Chopping. He also. Oh, sorry. Um, Chopping Go Mall, ahead. by the way, is a movie. Um, That's a good movie. He also was in a 1984 TV version of a streetcar named Desire as Stanley. Wow. And um, yeah, so if you're a theater geek, check that one out. He was actually really good. And then. He was also in an episode of Fairy Tale Theater, but I don't remember the fairy tale. He was also in <laughs> an yeah, episode, and where where I remember him best from, he was also in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Nice. Where he, mm, he, play, okay. he played a con man who was trolling uh, dating services for old wealthy widows. And nice. it it was a really <laughs> good episode. Like, I don't remember really the name. Cool. I don't remember the name of it or anything, but it, that's where I remember him best. It's called None But the Lonely Heart. Okay. Oh. Episode one. I see. Wow. I mean, I mean, and, and Aaron was telling me that he even touched into the Star Wars universe. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's he, he's a little bit of everything. So, rest in peace, Mr. Treat Williams. I'm sorry you went right. out like that. At the same time, yeah. he's an action star. Uh, yeah. He went out with a bang. You know, Dude, so if you if you're if you're 71 and you go out in a motorcycle accident, I hate to see it. You know, anyone go out, but that's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, what a way to go. Well, yeah, game. Most 71 year olds don't go out that cool. So. Right. 
So, you know, he Yeah, he, and also he played himself on The Simpsons and I think that's like a specific level of fame as well. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him best from uh Steven Spielberg's only flop movie, a comedy called 1941. Oh, oh and God. I well, actually enjoy 1941. Yeah. He's yeah, the that's uh, right. psycho um, <laughs> a soldier who freaks out and wants to fight everyone and is insanely jealous and uh, kind of starts everything rolling as far as uh, the drama not involved with the Japanese invading. And uh, he's brilliant. He's over the top and hilarious fun. And uh, if you haven't seen 1941, uh, there are a lot of good performances in it, not the least of which is John Belushi, uh, who is somehow restrained and almost subtle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, true. Three Williams is fantastic in 1941. I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole here, but uh, when I went on like the second or third time, I went on the Universal Studio Tour when they still actually did a studio tour and you got out and you walked around the the, the studio itself for a few minutes. They always had one set up. They had the uh, Ferris wheel from 1941. You got to see it. Mm. So that wasn't my right favorite on. thing I ever, I ever saw in that room. My favorite thing I ever saw in that room is they had the original um, spaceship from uh, Flash Gordon, and it had it rigged so they could show what it looked like landing. That was cool. Oh wow! <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was remember remember back in the day, like Aaron, like when they when oh, when, yeah. um, when it was like that. And you know, oh yeah, they things. still have new stuff all the time. In fact, when we get to Halloween, um, they're updating. Uh, nope. The, they had all the, the sets from uh, Jupiter Land out, and you could walk around them last time. Well, they're upgrading it for, and you drive through it right now when you do the studio tour. But we've got new stuff coming for uh, Halloween. Um, all right, well, that's another. That's awesome because you know how much I love that movie. Uh, but yeah. let's hold that off. That's that's another talk conversation yes, down the road. Let's stick to <laughs> summer here. And what we're doing next. Anything else you should tell us, Aaron? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Raven. Anything else you should tell us before we Because uh, I, I have to do Detroit Williams. Is there anything else you briefly want to talk about before we move um, to uh, Nathan? I'm going to do Nathan next. So, Yeah, uh, one thing I watched that I recommend is on Max. Uh, it's so short. HBO Max. I still am calling it that. Anyway, uh, six-episode series true crime documentary called The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. And hmm. um, it is about a little person who was adopted from Ukraine and uh, allegedly was a six-year-old um, when adopted. But as happens sometimes in international adoption, it turns out maybe a few years were shaved off in order to get adopted. And also, hmm. maybe she's already a 38-year-old woman. So, like, orphan uh, but real. <laughs> and might have been trying to murder her family. Or maybe like the family orphan. was manipulating a child. Which one is it? I, I still really don't know. Uh, but it's a crazy documentary, and you should watch yeah. it. He thought orphan was outlandish, but it sounds like it's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's interesting. So, uh, Nathan, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in the preview, but is there anything of note that we have watched in the last two weeks? Because we, we caught up with everything last episode that we should mention. 
What, I don't get the whole spiel introduction? Because <laughs> you can do your own. From Atlanta, Georgia, the voice of violence, my dirty southern sorcerer, Nathan Hamilton. Welcome. You're on with Sexy Witches. Well, How's hello, that? ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. It's wonderful <laughs> to be back here with you. <laughs> That's why he wanted you to tee him up. Hey, I I always do the introductions, so I I figured this is the only place someone does one for me. So it works out well. Um, I really have not watched a whole lot in the last couple of weeks. We have been busy readying the domicile here for the arrival of a certain evil genius for the summer. Who arrives tomorrow. Indeed. Um, I did start, as of last night, watching the new season of uh, Human Resources, which is which – one thing I can say about that show, as, as well as Big Mouth, it's a for those not aware, it's a spinoff of uh, Big Mouth, and it's rare you can get me to kind of go, wow, they went there, and I'm only two episodes yeah. in, and I've already said that right. a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, okay. that too, and same. <laughs> Le- Levy yep. showed me Human Resources. Maybe you should slow down and watch them with her. With okay. them. However, yeah, she likes. There's she, some... she, she, they made me sit through season one. There's something there's something that we did go to in person that I want to give a big big plug for. Okay. In a place called Cherry Log, Georgia. Yes. Which there ain't shit in Cherry Log, Georgia, <laughs> except except the Southeast's biggest Bigfoot museum, Expedition Bigfoot. Damn. This place is fucking awesome like the like i went in i didn't expect much and this place really impressed me like for real because i expected some little i've been to a skunk ape museum in the everglades i have been to different you know tourist traps based on cryptids this is by far Mm. the biggest most elaborate like best presentation I have seen of any of them. So if you are ever in the vicinity of Cherry Log, Georgia, everyone go see Expedition Bigfoot because it's the ah, it's the best. If you're a cryptid nerd, you will love this place. It, and, it it shares, and it shares it, a parking lot with a pinball museum. It had where medieval for, where madness. For five, where for five bucks you can go play all the pinball you want. So Except for they have medieval area, madness. You don't have to play any other machine if they have medieval madness. Yep, so. and, just down the, and, and just down the road, probably about 20 minutes or so, there's a great barbecue place. So Cherry Log, Georgia, man. <laughs> <laughs> Cryptids and pinball. That's all you need to know. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 museum was set up very much like like the civil rights museum. That's when I walk it through, I was like, oh my god, it's the civil rights museum in Memphis with the uh, timeline running through. They also did that in the last like museum museum I walked through was the World War II museum in Louisiana in New Orleans, and uh, that it you know you walk through the timeline and they have all the uh, you know the the video screens and then the like snapshots of covers of 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 um, newspapers and sightings and oh. and they have like the trailer of legend of Boggy creek going on and loop in one corner uh you know and then they have the like sounds that you can listen to them like supposed recordings of of bigfoot and so like there was one where they were like recorded them talking to each other <laughs> things like that um oh, and, 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 wow. and they sell our ticket with a lot of fun 
probably my two favorite things in there. Number one, they have this diorama set up. It's the inside of a cabin with like campers and flannel shirts holding the door shut while these two huge hairy arms come in. And they have a bank of headphones that you can put on and listen oh, to the dramatic, dramatic narration <laughs> of the uh, night that these campers encountered. They Big were so Foot. scared. Fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And then over in the screening room, kind of on the side where, you know, it's, it's not really, you know, imposing or noticeable. They have a preserved Bigfoot turd. They did. <laughs> 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 and and this place is fucking amazing yeah, we, we, and they have a they're, they have a close association with the mothman museum in pleasantville uh yes. west virginia there it's all over mm. the place there uh so there's a lot of considerable mothman presence in there and a touch of loch ness which i'd like a little bit more loch uh, nessie is one of my favorite cryptids and i wish it was a little bit more but um but and, and that, it was a lot of fun their gift shop is should probably join strip clubs and dealers rooms at horror conventions as the place that I should not take my credit card into because I could go broke in there. <laughs> so he didn't want to. He kept putting down. It was a patch for his vest, and he kept putting it back down. I'm like, give me the damn patch, and I had to take it and buy it for him. So I told. I, I told myself I was not going to buy anything in that gift shop because if I broke that seal. Mm. I was going to walk out of there with half the dam would break so, open. Exactly. So, <laughs> but yeah, Cherry, Cherry Log, Georgia, Expedition, Bigfoot, Pinball Museum, everybody go visit it. <laughs> and while you're here, look us up, because that's only about an hour and a half from us. So. Yeah, it's not even that far. Uh, so uh, I wanted to add Poker Face to the mix here. I have been watching that on Peacock, nice. and is, and I am a huge fan of Natasha Leone. Now this is not nearly yeah, as, as innovative <laughs> as as uh, Russian Doll is. I think Russian Doll right. is probably one of my favorite science fiction shows out there right now. Um, but um, this is good. And Natasha Leone knocks it out of the park as usual. Uh, not every episode is great, but there are great episodes in there. Um, and you see some really good cameos, for guest stars from, you know, people like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and I just find her, I hate to say it, insanely hot. Uh, I agree. So, yeah. I, uh, Why do you hate to say that? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I don't know if people might construe it as sexist or something because I have the hots for Natasha Leone. I mean, I respect her as an actress. She is a really good actress, but she's got this, like, Christian Vader Slater if she was a, a woman vibe about her. And I just, oh, so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Heather's era Christian Slater, right? Except for feminine. Gotcha. It's, yeah, so I, I'm totally like cool with that. Um, so and she's really good. I mean, uh, like Russian dolls. If you haven't seen Russian dolls, and I'm I would hope that there's anybody out there listening to this. If you haven't seen Russian dolls, come back to us. We'll be here. Go watch Russian dolls. There's only two seasons. <laughs> it's an easy burn. They're fantastic. Um, go go watch that show. Uh, but anyway, so I wanted to mention I've been watching Poker Face, and I thought that was pretty cool. I haven't quite finished it, so if you guys have seen it, don't tell me the ending. I still have, like, two episodes left, and I got – we're about to lose Peacock, so i got to get those last two in. Um, oh, we, so, we, um, we, did, we did watch a new release called Influencer. Which I and barely remember anything about. Which is, is, a new, is a new one on Shudder, and it's, it's, it's fine. It wasn't <laughs> bad. It wasn't great. It's a good mm. – it's it's a 
It's a movie. It's a movie. It was fine. I, mean, I barely remember anything about it. Uh, we've been cramming, though, like the, the, the softcore Jess Franco movies lately. Oh, my God. If I, I mean, like, yeah. dude, uh, there's a lot of, like, Lena <laughs> Romaine's tits in all of these movies. Um, it's too a distraction, I think. <laughs> like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. hello, what's up? You know, it's like, I'm, she's beautiful, don't get me wrong. I just find it to be a little bit overload. Now, I, I know Nathan doesn't, like, he's, I haven't told him that I find it overload um, to watch all these films back to back to back. But there is something you have to say about the Spanko films, because even his really crappy ones has decent composition. He's got a good eye. He's clearly a gun for hire for a lot of these films and doesn't give a fuck about his content. But then again, he loves his wife and he shoots her in the best light possible. And so I give him credit for that as well. I, I, so, I really I really want to take a bunch of people who complain about Rob Zombie putting Sherry Moon in all of his movies and just show them about 10 Jess Franco movies starring Lena Romay. So, yeah, yeah, complain about it now. <laughs> but but anyway, the, the, so, the, story, the story behind that is last summer, Severn Films decided they were getting out of the DVD business, and they were going to go exclusively Blu-ray, so and, they had, and they had a huge sale, and we are still getting through the stack of movies that I bought during that mm-hmm. time last summer, and a yep. whole lot of them were just Franco flicks, so... Yep. I watched so many Jess Franco movies last year for The Madness. I think in one week I watched like 16 or something insane. Wow. And I think the same thing happened to me. Like it was, it was the same week as the, the witchcraft movies. So I think something <laughs> broke in me just permanently after that. Uh, but in a way, they... <laughs> they remind they remind me of each other. Uh not only because I watch mm. them at the same time, but it's like witchcraft aspires to be Jess Franco. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree that. with that it's, actually. It's, yeah. it's funny, if you look yeah. at Jess Franco's movies, there are really two classifications. There are the okay, we are making this movie, we have the money to make this movie, and this movie is going to look amazing because he's got a great eye for composition. He's got, he always shoots in amazing locations. And then there's the class of Jess Franco movie that's, okay, we still have this location for two days. Let's I bet we can make right. three more movies. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I watched a couple of those. I, yeah, I definitely watched both kinds, and I noticed that as well. And I go, isn't that the same house? Isn't that the same fucking fence and yeah. outfit? No, right? It, you it, can, it, it, can't it, fault him for it. Like, Corbin was famous for, it, for doing the same do thing. I mean, but then, but then you get a movie like Bloody Moon, which is fantastic, right? Which is a slasher film, absolutely great, you know. And and yeah. you know, there, there's some in there. There's a couple of the video nasties he worked on, except for the Cannibal movie. I forget the name. What was that? That's the Devil. What's devil the, Hunter. Can, the Devil Hunter. Don't like that one very much. But there's oh, that movie's other, terrible. Some of his uh, babes in prison movies are pretty good, so uh, you know there's that going on too. Uh, so anyway, and, and, so we've been and writing a memorial for Jess Franco was how I got published in Fangoria. So here's to Jess Franco. Nice. Here's to Jess nice. Franco. All right, then that's really like all the things that like that we have done. We want to talk about. 
um, at this point, we're going to go ahead and start to switch conversations because I believe our guest is on the line. So I'm going to introduce this guest. I originally met this guest when they were came to my panels at Days of the Dead Atlanta, mediated and hired by the son of Celluloid himself, Nathan Hamilton. So thank you. So you facilitated this front, this meeting and this friendship and didn't know it. And um, they've been on the show before, usually around the madness, because uh, they are a horror host. And uh, we also have a mutual love of the Boulay Brothers, which I have to ask about the new season. And Victoria Black finally won. Oh, my God. Anyway, please welcome to the show one of my favorite people on the interwebs, Janessa J. Champagne. Welcome back. You're on from the, on the set with the Sexy Witches. Woo! Hello. 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 I am so same time. So, I am so happy. Hello, I'm so excited voice. to be back. Oh, thank you. I am so glad you said yes. And I wanted to do a summer and a um, Pride Month preview. And, and so I was like, I haven't had Janessa on in a minute. Let's call Janessa. And you said yes. So I said thank you. So I'm so glad you're on. And how has your life been? We haven't really spoken since, I would say, right before COVID is the last time I saw you. Yeah, it's been... Days of the Dead, when the Boulay Brothers was there. That was a monumental Days of the Dead. Yeah, the Boulay Brothers, that Days of the Dead, that was the last, like, big event that I did before the Pandy settled into town, so... That was my big trip, and then we all hid away forever. It's been all right. Things have been a little crazy. I've been um, doing a lot of online stuff. I'm starting to venture out now again and do more live shows and live events, but have just been... um, I started a YouTube channel over the pandemic. I didn't want to learn how to make sourdough bread, so I... (laughs) The other option was to have a YouTube channel, so I did that, and... Just kind of doing lots of online fun stuff and keeping on, keeping on. And but I'm but I'm so glad that to hear that you're starting to venture back out. I'm actually this summer is the first time where I've actually got a lot of things like already preset. So I understand what yeah. you're saying. You know, um, you know, it, all of a sudden there's concerts everywhere. Festivals are back. Cons are full blast. Like the con circuit's been going nuts. Um, I do want to mention, at, before we go any farther, um, one of my favorite people I met through the interweb, through these podcasts, um, a regular Spooky Empire, a regular Madness, and we were friends in person. Uh, Dina Bina died of cancer oh, two weeks ago, and mm. I wanted to say I wanted to, to hear um, that. make sure. I mentioned that on the show because she was a huge supporter of this show. She actually had um, the moniker Oracle of Orlando because she covered our Halloween night stuff down there as well with her and Harriet Branch. Uh, So I'm going to miss her immensely. Fuck cancer again. This is the second one of my people. I'll drink to that. Yeah. You know, I lost James the same way. Uh, You know, it, it's, rough but at the same time i'm so glad to know that even though there's still a lot of people and covid is an indirect reason of because people that had cancer did not get treatments while it was going down and she got diagnosed right in the middle of it um it was a rough go that last year for her 
Uh, but I love her, and I hope everyone, and I hope her ferrets are doing well as well. We love ferrets, and she had so many ferrets. It was awesome. She'd always take pictures of them with Santa and Krampus every year. It was pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but I didn't mean to be a downer, but it also, she was a regular a, uh, Atlanta Days of the Dead. She actually came to my panels, too. <laughs> so, uh, and I always appreciated you were at my panels. You were at my first panel. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. You've always been a great supporter of me and my show. And, and I hope I can give you the support. And I, I'm, I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders. I always am. Uh, but, but first, I have to ask you before we get into what the Pride Month, what did you think of Dragula Titans? Oh, so I get the feeling that you're a Victoria Elizabeth Black fan, so this may be a bit of a hot Caesar. take. I know. I, I'll go ahead, because I actually was kind of – the ending was weird. Anyway, I'll, I'll give you my – but, yes, I've been a huge fan since I, <laughs> I feel like that's a whole lot of money and a whole lot of hoopla to put into we just want to give this girl a crown, because I think oh. that – she to me was not the best of the whole season and I think she's fine, but I think that there were other people who really excelled. And I think that, um, I, I, I think that they're really still struggling a little bit to build stories around the people on the show. I think that's the one thing that drag race in a way has over the Boulay brothers. Dragula is that, as fake as it is and as much as it seems very contrived, I think that Drag Race does a better job of creating narratives around the people. And I think Dragula still struggles a little bit. And I just didn't, I wasn't really compelled by her. And I just felt there were people that had more. I was a Coco Cane girl. I was really hoping that she was going to pull it out, but it was so clear. They just wanted to give a crown to Victoria Elizabeth Black. I, I have no issues with Coco Cane also winning. And actually, I honestly, her. Hoso is amazing. I think Hoso is a treasure and we should, but I hated the drama. Like there was, especially that yeah. first half of the, of, of the season. I mean, they always like a little drama. There's always like season three, they cry oh, yeah. that entire season. Uh, but, yeah. but um, you know, but, and there's always a little drama, especially if Boria is around, there's going to be drama. Uh, and that's fine. I, I, but it just got so just, and I kind of agreed with Victoria about that. She kind of like went to the corner and just said, I'm going to make my costumes. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how yeah. I felt. Like, duck. You know, Hoso's wonderful. I wish Hoso had done something to stop all that. She, he kept, she, they kept going, yeah. what? It's about me? It's about me? I was like, yes, it's about you. Jump in, get some agency, get these guys to calm down and make some art. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was. But, I think that that's really where I think that's why they struggle is because I think that um, again one thing that Drag Race has done a little bit better job of is that we only really appreciate villains if there are also heroes, and so they haven't really been able. In season three, they had Landon Sider and they had Louisiana Purchase who were able to kind of become that a little bit, but in all the other series, they were like, oh, let's just take these people who are all kind of villains and stick them together and it's not as fun mm. it's not as fun if there's no one to root for now that being said the pro wrestling episode was great 
I absolutely <laughs> love that episode. Um, you know, and it was yeah. fun to watch them learn how to wrestle and learn what a work is and then realize there's really not that much difference between I've always said that like pro wrestling and drag are not that far apart. Well, oh, yeah. they are, but so they're similar. not so similar. It's, yeah. it's it, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Both both things are amazing. Um, so yeah. uh, that so that's always go to you know. Matter of fact, I'm going to shout out. There's a um, a group of people. I don't know if they're doing it this year. Do you know if No Peace Underground is doing their Pride Month show this year, Nathan? I have not heard anything about one, but they tend to announce their shows last minute. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. say one's not happening. Okay, because um, the last two years, No Peace Underground is a wrestling promotion in Orlando. Uh, I think it's Orlando. It's in Florida. Mm-hmm. I know it's in Florida. Uh, they they don't have a, a ring, but they've done an all LGBTQ deathmatch show two years in a row. What's the name oh, of it again? Cool. Yeah. Um, what was the name? Oh, of it's it? called Fear, oh, Fear, uh, Effie's Fear the Gay Agenda. Fear the Gay Agenda. It is great. I love uh, it. And, and and Effie is this huge star in the, on the indie circuit like huge star and it, it makes me so happy because Effie makes everyone happy matter if, if if Chris Chris Jericho is in the he's he's like I want to see them wrestle like that would be my dream match is to watch Chris Jericho and Effie go at it um so I think it would be that great. would be something yeah um <laughs> Effie I've seen F, we've seen I've seen Effie live I've seen them on TV uh so uh anyway those shows are great and if they're doing it I highly recommend it go see an Effie no matter what he is Effie is a star um so uh so there's that always that going on in Pride Month uh let's see do you know of any cool events that we should any of you I'm gonna throw it out not just to our lovely guests here but Anything we should be, I mean, the parades are almost always this weekend on the 16th or 17th, something around there. Like, this is the weekend usually that you have the big parades, except for Georgia. Georgia does their parade. Well, yeah, ours is weird. It's in October. Yeah, it's, it's always October. a couple of weeks before Halloween. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everywhere else is, is wrapping it up. So, any, any, of your fa- any favorite su- early summer events do we like to go to in June? Well, if anybody is around North Dakota, we have Bismarck Pride this weekend. Um, we're going to have a good time. We've got our show this Saturday night, and nice. you'll get to see me get an award. I'm a champion <gasps> of Pride this year. Yeah, wow. I guess if you, Congratulations. I did. If you, if you get death threats and don't actually die, then they're, like, obligated to give you a plaque. So oh, okay. <laughs> it's been a weird year. Really? I, don't, I, I don't want was, – was someone threatening your life, sir, ma'am? Um, yes. So we, this last year has been very strange. I'm in a very red state. And so last year at Pride, we had a show um, on the steps of the North Dakota Capitol. I was the first uh, drag performer ever to perform on the steps of the North Dakota Capitol. And we had a brunch and some other events. And we got some pretty serious death threats from some fundamentalist groups and the FBI was called and it was a whole thing. Um, So it's been a little wild here the last year, but we are still kicking. We're still going and we're not shutting down anytime soon. No, it's been a rough year in general. Uh, You know, my, my um, evil genius, it came out as, uh, you know, gender by uh, gender fluid a couple years back and um and most and maryland's been actually pretty good 
but they've been watching the television and they see all these, and, and the especially the interwebs, they know these websites that I don't yeah. even know about that listed all these, like, laws and that are on bills and stuff being passed. Yeah. And they, they're just, and they're 13, so they're freaking out a little bit about it. And it's like, ugh. And then, of course, Tennessee. Um, I obviously, yeah. if you want, I, I already know, have an idea what you, how you feel about Tennessee right now and what's going on there. But if you want to rant, you can do it. I give you the floor. I'll give you five <laughs> minutes here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It's so, it's so ridiculously stupid because if you think about all of the ways that there has been drag performance in society, it, people are only upset about it if it's in the context of queer and trans spaces. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, nobody was ever upset about Milton Berle. Nobody was calling him a groomer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of these different characters, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, Tu Wong Fu, all these kinds of things. Like, that was never the thing. And now they're just taking all of the sort of rhetoric that they used against gay and lesbian people in the 70s, and now they're just applying it to trans and non-binary people. So it's tired, it's old, it's the same stupid shit that we have to deal with. And it's just really, luckily we know how to fight it. We've been fighting it for so long that um, we just keep coming. And, you know, sometimes we show up to pride with balloons and sometimes we show up with bricks. So this year it's bricks. I I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 70s, early 80s. I have conscious memory of Harvey Milk's assassination. Um, I, you know, I, I, it's interesting to see the, the, the changes over the years and the positivity that happens. And then it suddenly like bend back and I'm in like, huh? You know, like really, really question. You know, what's going on out there? I know that it's a lot of it is just for show, you know, but it it doesn't matter if it's for show because it's still hurting people. So fuck that. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of this will go away on its own, I think, because they're on the wrong side of history. Simple as that. Uh, You know, there's that going on. Um, I went on a cruise ship once and, you know, the local, the staff always gets a, a show, right? So I, and they always do it late night. So I figured because they serve my ass all day, I'll go to their show, right? And and the guys, the, the waiters, did this traditional dance, which is a comedy dance in the Philippines. And you know what it is? Bunch of guys in dresses with apples for boobs, and the boobs keep falling out, and they keep having to step them back in. That's the dance. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, awesome. and they're trying to... And they're doing a singing number. So, I, you know, and this, and literally they said that this is actually honestly a, a tradition going back hundreds of years, like this, this comedy bit. That, yeah. that, and oh, so yeah. it's like, it, you know, fuck that guys, come on. We're, we're, yeah, it is old and tired. And, and the, the, the silver lining in the horrible things that I saw in the eighties with the AIDS epidemic, especially in 84, that was, and then the nineties, of course, is that the one thing that they forget is that it organized a bunch of people who are now one of the strongest political forces behind the scenes in the world. And uh, you know yeah. what? You know that's right. This this will this will pass because the, or there's a support network for people like my daughter out there, <laughs> you know, which wasn't there before. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think that another thing that's changed is that all that progress that we have has affected 
everyday people, because I think that, you know, it, it may feel very familiar. We're fighting all these battles over again, but also we have public opinion on our side now that we didn't have the first time before it was really mm-hmm. kind of an uphill battle. And now there's so much more support and so much more, you know, in the general population of people just saying, why does this bother people? What is going on? And I think that it's going to be borne out that it is just a bunch of really loud but really small minority of people that yep. are causing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I said, they're on the wrong side of history. I even think they know it, like I said. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, they, they're just trying to, you know, there's all, they, they can't really vilify immigrants anymore, even though they're still trying to do that. So they have to pick somebody else to vilify, uh, you know, immigrants are so last administration, you know, anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> we're not going to talk politics. Nathan hates it when I talk politics, <laughs> uh, but still fuck the, fuck Tennessee and the drag queen rule. Cause that's just stupid. And I think they even are stupid. You know, and so Georgia actually, yep. because of this, has now become the drag capital of the South. Literally, it is. It's like the largest let me, population let me, of drag. Let me, let, let me Go ahead. Pause, pause just a second. Georgia has always been the drag capital of the South. Thank you. Well, it really More is than now. Northern? Well, Louisiana, we, when I say the South, I mean the Deep South. Louisiana is its own thing. Damn straight. It really is. I don't, I don't even. I don't even consider that the same as here in the deep south. Like it is its own thing. No, it, it especially, is. Especially, especially Savannah, Georgia. Like that is that's the drag mm-hmm. capital of the south, right there. The, yeah, the, the, there, there's a statistic out there that Georgia is benefiting from all that bullshit in Tennessee. It's much more colorful and got more glitter here now. Um, I saw a hairspray last yeah. year. Um, this performance of hairspray done all drag hairspray came through. And I thought that was really cool. You know, they made it a little raunchier because you got it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yes. I hope they come back through this summer. I haven't seen if they have. Um, though I do, speaking of drag, I do have uh, Dina Mazel's uh, follow up. Uh, um, she was in Wicked. I have tickets to Wicked and the new person uh, who's, I believe, they just won an uh, Tony. Uh, two Tonys were won by the first two non-binary people, and one of them's on the yeah. tour of Wicked, I think. Um, Raven says she's got something from Portland. Yes. So recently, we lost the uh, LGBTQ local celebrity uh, Walter Cole, who is who performed as Darcel, and she was the oldest oh, performing yeah. drag queen. At Darcel's place, where she used to perform, um, it's a little around the corner, July 10th through 12th. They're making an official attempt to break the Guinness World Record for longest drag show. And um, all the money uh, that they would make, basically, they're trying to raise $250,000 for the Trevor Project. So it's 48 hours straight of drag. (laughs) <laughs> and they'll get wow. world record nice. and all that money donated to the Trevor Project. So if you're in Portland, you already know where Vaseline Alley is or uh, Stark Street downtown. Um, that's where all the all the gay bars are. Darcells is just around the corner in Old Town slash Chinatown, and um, the shows are always amazing. 
and um, I think it's going to be extra special this year because uh, Walter's Celebration of Life just happened at the Keller Auditorium, and it was, like, packed. They don't even pack their operas, but they packed ourselves funeral. So um, I think it's going to be pretty amazing. I love that there's an area of town known as Vaseline Alley. Yeah. Got it. I love trains. That's one of the best names I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, well, I mean, what else is, I mean, in the Los Angeles area, what do we got going on? I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff in the next month, the next week. Well, we have the big stuff in uh, WeHo already. Uh, Mariah Carey, uh, gosh, uh, Megan The Stallion, a whole bunch of big uh, celebration, uh, Pride in the Park events. But we do have something upcoming um, at Brain Dead Studios on Fairfax on uh, June 25th. There's the fest, uh, film festival screenings. And uh, it, it, there's some, a lot of good stuff. Um, uh, if you're a Derek Jarman fan, which I am a huge fan, uh, I know he's represented there. I don't remember what all else is playing. How far from Katz's Delicatessen is it? Um, Fairfax and that region ain't too far, so not too far at all. Because that's what I would do. I would go there, <laughs> eat a borscht, right a cabbage borscht, and then I'd go see yeah. movies. <laughs> I'm so a deep you know. borscht man myself, but cabbage I borscht. I usually is am, cool. but they're, but they're well. I usually am too, but their cabbage borscht is one of the best, so that's why I want it. And then they have that bagel chips you can dip in it. So anyway. oh yeah, <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And the about. best <laughs> pickles. Oh my, well, okay, we could do a whole show on canters. <laughs> oh my god, there's there's well you know there's there, we could do the delicatessen. Uh, that's another episode entirely. I mean, though, right? I will say we went to that, we mentioned that barbecue place earlier. Um, they did a pastrami there. Oh, and that was really, really Ooh. good. I had to like, like beg to get an extra piece from it. <laughs> I, really, I, I, I ate mine so fast that I was like, I really want some more. <laughs> so it was like, that was really, really good. Anyway, I digress. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm big, it's, you know, nothing's happening in Georgia. So I, uh, there will be, uh, <laughs> other than my evil genius will be in town. All right. So that's, so I don't have any pride events to report here. Uh, I wish I did. Um, there is a balloon festival this weekend and that'll be very colorful. <laughs> so that's always the big nice. kickoff of the of the summer in, here in um in Georgia is the 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 balloon festival down at the race the speedway um and uh, the summer I mean it's not just about Pride Month this is also the beginning of concert season uh and you mentioned Megan Thee Stallion and and Mariah Carey I'm sure there was a huge turnout for both of those things oh yeah and then you know um and also well. He the he's not really dragged though he kind of has like a similar hair like he has huge hair too right um, Robert <laughs> Smith let's talk about the Cure for a moment how many yeah. here including our guests are fans of the, are are we all fans of the Cure here or do some of us find yeah. them tedious yes when you're named oh, yeah. Raven it's a requirement oh okay well, that's true 
Um, I am not as huge a fan of, of the cure as some people are, but I appreciate them. And was when I found out they were coming to town and Levy was going to be here, I'm like, all right, Levy is in School of Rock. Matter of fact, they're going to do a summer camp this summer and probably do summer uh, do modern rock. So I was like, okay, let's go. You know, coincidence, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, so uh, I got some tickets. Um, and so the cure was the first one. Um, so they silently creeped up and put a second show on and didn't tell anybody. And on, I was, I, I'm a nerd. I listen to NPR on my commute. So I don't listen to music. Um, and they're like, and they're like, and they just dropped a second show for the cure. And I was like, Oh my God. And Oh, well, there is some, uh, pride month stuff. Excellent. Um, you can Nathan, you want to talk about it in a minute here, but um, the cure. I wanted to talk about Aaron before we keep going about June's busting out over it. It really is. You just saw the cure. How was the show? I did. Uh, well, I am a huge, huge fan, and they were pretty much tip top of my bucket list of bands that are still going. Quite frankly, um, back in the day. <laughs> I, I listened to their shit all the time. I had cassette tapes in a boom box uh, when I was driving my 1965 Ford Galaxy 500 around. I would seatbelt my boom box in and blast The Cure, among other things. So this was huge for me. I was a little worried that, you know, they would, because it's been a while, uh, <laughs> that they wouldn't sound the same. But Robert Smith sounded fucking amazing uh the band sounded as good or better than they had from the the things i've seen on tv live and um not only i i'm such a fucking fan i didn't even care what they played but um the the set list was amazing they did two encores um we were lucky enough the one i saw in uh, san diego was the first time that they played hot 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 on this tour and that was fabulous and i am over the moon excited for uh their new album coming out shortly because i fucking love the new stuff that they played well that's good to know i knew that their new album and i knew they were going to be doing new stuff at our show so i'm pretty excited about that so cool evil genius well i'm really hoping they get it uh, they are going through their goth phase, after all. Um, they discovered punk rock. Well, I already introduced them, but they really, really discovered the del- Dead Milkman as a fan, like, just a couple uh, weeks ago. Right that's a rite of, of passage for most, um, <laughs> you know, teenagers at that age, you know. No doubt. So, uh, so I'm really excited. Um, I also... Get there uh, early. Uh-huh. Um, the um, the Scottish band that's opening for them, the Twilight Sad, are also pretty fucking good. And uh, Natalie liked them so much that uh, we're going to get their stuff, and she's going to use it uh, when she uh, as background music when she's doing her art. She said they're called oh, what again? The Twilight Sad, which is okay. not my favorite name for a band, but uh, I still really enjoyed them and really liked their frontman. Okay, we will take a note of that. Um, I also have tickets, but before Cure, like next week on Tuesday, I have tickets to the Pixies. I have never seen the Pixies live. Um, There's no doubt. Get real. Huh? 
Oh, there's what? no the. It's just pixies. It's just pixies? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I have nervous. never so, seen like, pixies. How's that? You know. Uh, it's unfortunately so that's what people always had the. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Well, I, I still have never. I've seen Frank Black and uh, during his was it uh, Teenager of the Year? Is that the name of the album? Uh, he opened for They Might right. Be Giants. Oh yeah. Awesome. He opened for They Might Be Giants that year. That sounds like it, a he wasn't very. It, well, he, he was okay. I think he's better as yeah. well, like the band. Uh, but I've never seen the actual band itself live, so I'm pretty pretty excited to see the pixies. That's amazing. Oh, pixies. Um, and Levy's coming with me on that one. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to sit through Friends Ferdinand to get to them. I was, I really wished Weezer was playing, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that would be cool. Um, and after The Cure, uh, we have The Eels is coming uh, to town Ooh. at the Variety Playhouse where I saw John Waters a few weeks ago. Um Speaking of Pride Month and John Waters, I fucking love him. Yeah. Um, John Waters is my hero. When it, he really is. He's really one of my heroes. <laughs> so, um, if you've you never know. seen one of his one of his spoken word performances, you should. He's great. So good. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, 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 it's so weird. I lived outside Baltimore for 20 years and could not get tickets. I've come here, and within a year, I have tickets. <laughs> you know, we almost. Right on. I was going to. G- I was going to go what? see him at the Madonna Inn for an Easter show, and it got canceled. And John Waters at the Madonna Inn would have been amazeballs. Oh, my but gosh. Was... Janessa, do you know about the Madonna Inn? I do. My friend Brooklyn, oh. who does a lot of my photography, she's from West Virginia, but she goes yeah. on these, like, nationwide road trips and just schedules shoots at little, like, fun Airbnbs and stuff. And mm. every once in a while, she stops at the the Madonna Hotel. I forget it, the Madonna Hotel. Is that what it's called? Madonna I think Inn. It's the Madonna Inn. The Madonna Inn. It's yeah. The Madonna Inn. Um, yeah. It's but it's big. It's not like a small thing. It's <laughs> crazy. Like, beautiful. Like she finds these like fun places and like the theme rooms and stuff. And she takes all the photos. And we've talked about trying to meet up there because I'm in North Dakota, so I'm far away from anything fun. Um, mm. And so we've talked about meeting up there at some point. Nice. That's where my parents had their honeymoon. Wow. It looks so gorgeous. <laughs> Which room? So fun. Uh, they had two rooms. Uh, the first night they were in the cave room, and then the next night they were in the buffalo room, which my Good. mom hated because there were, like, buffalo heads on the wall. But when you looked outside, you could see bison. And it's really weird because when you're outside, you can't see bison. And so there was, like, a weird bison mystery as to how the hell they made that happen. But um, if you go on the website, there's pictures of every single room. There's, like, 180 of them or something insane. And they're all different. The 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 famous jungle room. And then there's yeah. the one that's in the, in the cave. It has the water fountain, water fountain, yeah, a waterfall shower. Uh, yeah, that's that's where my parents stayed their first night. Yeah, and then didn't the we big... have a horror film for the madness that took place at the Madonna Inn? Oh wow! Or, or was that just something that I watched? I have no idea. I'm... If not, we should. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I must have watched also... that separately, but I thought it was for the madness. 
Solvang is not too far from there, Nathan. That's the Dutch city I was talking about when we were uh, in Helen. Yeah. Speaking, like of, speaking of Helen, speaking of Helen, and you were talking about buffalo heads. The, <laughs> this has nothing <laughs> to do with anything, but the place that we stayed over the weekend, one of the coolest decorations I've seen anywhere ever. It was a deer head painted in a checkerboard pattern with gold leaf antlers. It was the most bizarre and fucking awesome decoration I've seen in forever. It, it, it was it was like Lynchian. It was kind of cool. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was very weird. And, and they called it uh, the, the we complimented the uh, owner, and they called it. Yeah, it's cool and bougie. And I'm like, we didn't think it was bougie. We thought it was like Lynchian <laughs> or gothic, you know. So, no. uh, so I mean. <laughs> Grand, we both know what Grand Forks, North Dakota is like, uh, Janessa. Uh, but there yeah. is some, there is some positives there. One is the river is really pretty. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. um, I, I saved. I helped. I helped that town recover during the what was it the ninety seven floods? Was that it? The ninety seven flood. Yep. Yeah, mm. I was there. I was there for that. That was. I literally yeah, was that, up to my boobs in pig shit at one point. <laughs> yeah, that was my freshman year of college. And I, so that, I'm so dumb. So I'm coming out of the farm and I go to college and it's my first year. And I think oh, I need to get a job. So I'm looking around at the work study jobs and I'm like, oh, why don't I get a job doing news and weather at the campus radio station? And then it turned out to be a year where we had eight blizzards that had names and then this 500-year oh. flood. And so I was in town like 24 hours after the mandatory evacuation because most of the radio mm. stations are all downtown where the river is. And our campus, we have like a little coulee that runs through there that overflowed, but it didn't take out our tower. So we were still broadcasting through the flood. And so they got special wow. permission for me to stay there. And I had to oh. walk on pallets through the flood water to get to work every day. So you're telling me, because so I was in the gym with the Red Cross. We were yep. about 30 feet from each other and didn't know it. Yeah, probably, because I'm guessing you were probably at the Hislop, so you were probably like two blocks away yep. from where our building was. We were oh. in like this little, we were in this gym gym thing. It was kind of flat if I remember right and it had a, like a weird little kitchen and then I was staying up in Halleck with another team we had left one team there oh, and okay. I drove up to Halleck Minnesota which is famous for its uh, grain elevator not much else <laughs> so uh, yeah. I helped that's where I helped I helped with the with everyone's uh, you know levees and stuff there it was it, it got hit pretty bad I People, our team was covered in pig shit and wood ticks, oh. and it was it, it was one of the toughest months of my life was helping clean yeah. up after that that flood. So, but so I actually have rather fond affection for Grand Forks because of all of that. Uh, so I'm sorry that yeah. what happened to you, but you know, but you know, I think it's important what you're doing up there because we need people. With, you know, representation matters. And, you know, when uh, we were in Halleck for the first time, we had two African-American people, per, uh, people, per, persons with us, right? And they were good friends. And they were just talk we were all talking on the corner. And a person drove up to us and was very, very earnest. was like, we've never seen two 
What? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. That sounds like we're all Minnesota, North Dakota. Yep, <laughs> oh, and wow. we, yep, and we had two lesbian, we had a lesbian couple with us too, and that blew their minds. Uh, but they yeah. were still very nice to us. They took good care of us because we were cleaning up and we were doing some terrible work, right? So they used to bring us all this food, like constantly. Like if the sun doesn't set up there, like it's eleven o'clock, there's still sunlight. You know, and yep. people are knocking mm. on our door, and they're like, hey, we, we were making some cinnamon rolls. Would you like one? And we're like, yes, bring them in. <laughs> you know? so, so I have, you know, like I said, so I have a real fond affection for that area in some ways, you know, because of all that. Yeah. I had a, my first blood sucker on me at the lake around the corner from Halleck. Uh, <laughs> I never had a leech on me before. That was a yeah. experience. Yeah, leeches, ticks, pig shit. It yeah. was a mm, no thanks. <laughs> All that kind of yeah, it was terrible. And our oh so our campus God. group, the woman who was in, uh, she was like our faculty advisor. She and her partner, I just remember that they went down to like the sandbagging station, because the thing with that flood is that for like since February, the meteorologist in Fargo was like, this is going to be bad, this is going to be terrible, and nobody mm. believed him. And so the sandbagging effort was really kind of lackluster. And so then as it got closer and closer and closer, people are like, yeah, we should fill some sandbags. And finally it was getting a little bit more intense. And so they went down there and it was so disorganized. And like her partner just like hopped on a forklift and they're like ordering people around. They just like took over from the city. And so then when everything went down, she was like, we did what we could. I don't want to hear any jokes about unstable dikes. (laughs) (laughs) I well played. That's excellent. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that, you know, we're tough as nails, all of us in this circle here. We've gone through a lot. We'll get through this too. Uh, so, and there's still a lot of fun and joy to be had out there. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, the summer's going to be fun. Uh, there's a lot of good movies coming out, especially in the horror genre. And also, Jeanette, I wanted to let you know that we announced our madness theme for the Halloween this year, our last episode, and it's vampires. And so I was going to ask you what your, what your favorite vampire movie is, because I'm sure you have one. Maybe two or oh. three. Well, so... Unpopular opinion, um, I actually really enjoyed Tim Burton's take on Dark Shadows. I've been a Dark Shadows fan for a long time. Um, I didn't know you were going to go directly Dark Shadows. <laughs> I love it. I love Dark Shadows so much. Same. And um, I, I mean, I understand why some fans really didn't like it because of some of the changes they made. And I mean, they were trying to take what was a daily show for five years and put it into 90 minutes. So right. you're going to have to pare down. There's going to be sacrifices. And so I thought, but I just thought I loved the art direction and the coloring. I mean, Helena Bonham Carter as Julia Hoffman. Um, the only person who could have played that better would have been Grayson Hall. I mean, I just think she was so good. So of course that's a favorite. I love Blackula. I think Black is just so fun. It is. It's a great movie. I'm Aww. such a fan of Blackula. And the sequel, of course, with Pam mm-hmm. Greer. Absolutely fabulous. Um, those are definitely some favorites. Dracula's Daughter. I mean, going way back old school yes. for some queerness yep. for pride. I love Here Dracula's Daughter. 
that Dracula's daughter is actually one of my favorite universal horror films by uh, everything yeah. about it is so good. The lead performance is incredible. Um, the atmosphere, the, the, the tone, it's so, you know, vampires are relatively tragic by nature, but that movie is downright just the tragedy just wears itself on its sleeve in such the most beautiful poetic way. I really, really love that movie. So yeah, I'm so glad. So good. And I love that yeah. like that main actress, it's almost like they have to remind her like, this isn't a silent movie. Because she just oh. has those moments where she just sort of stares, and then all of Fever a sudden, green. and she will and she'll talk, and she's great. But then she just kind of does those long, longing stares. Oh, so good. Yeah, well, she's a vampirist of the degree. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, I really like that one too. Is there uh, any modern ones do you like? <laughs> I. I think they get some of them. They they get too much into the like big teeth, like Thirty Days of Night, like that style of vampire. I'm not really into, and I'm much more of the classic sexy vampire. I love what AMC did with Interview with a Vampire. Um, yeah. I think that show is very cool. I love a sexy vampire. I want a vampire to be sensual. I mean, that sort of that the intimacy of the bite and everything. I don't need big like sci-fi teeth and all that. So I just love a good sexy vampire. Well, I mean, well then the, then there's Klaus Kinski who makes the scary monster sexy. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know uh, I I've always Klaus been amazed. Klaus Kinski is just Klaus Kinski is the scary monster in and of himself. Well, he is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, which is one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. Like, he is emoting oozing sex through this like terrifying makeup like how does he do that you know <laughs> it's like you yeah. know it, it's incredible um and we going back to sexy vampires though uh you know we're we're in the madness this year uh gene roland movies are gonna play a prominent part of the of the madness and there's a lot of euro trash in there with vampires <laughs> a lot of it so and 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 that's uh, like all of us agreed in, in to Euro Trash. Raven wants to curate a Euro Trash list, and Nathan wants to do a Euro Trash watch party. They'll have to collaborate, make sure that you know some of it can overlap. It can absolutely overlap, actually. Uh, so there's a lot of sexy vampires. Will definitely and and yeah, we're actually that's our angle. Even though I appreciate the monster vampire as well, I like the Reapers from Blade Two in particular. I really thought were cool, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, but like, but this year's vampires, the ones we're focusing on the most are going to be Dracula and Anne Rice movies, uh, or Anne Rice books and movies. Nice. We're actually covering books too, because I mean, nobody does a sexy vampire or a sexy book for that matter better than Anne Rice did. Uh, mm-hmm. So. I mean, she kind of like invented her own uh, a subgenre that people just ripped for the rest of their lives. I mean, it, like like yeah. that became canon in so many things. Like you can it, even you know yeah. even like shows that aren't really about vampires, like Supernatural, and you know you know, can see you can see influences there. You know, it, 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 it's everywhere. Um, you know, uh, Dracula pops up all over the place. If you look, I mean, I was looking, we were talking about Dracula episodes and we found one. Where did we find one weird one? Oh, uh, Spider Woman. 
Spider Woman. And I often point out the Dracula episode in Buffy in season five, uh, which is like oh, the yeah. rest of season five is deals with some kind of hot, sexy demon woman, uh, but there is a Dracula. Uh, my favorite sexy Dracula. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, uh, I agree with you. Like, ah, well, someone's giving me pictures. Uh, but I also am a huge fan of of comedies and stuff. And what we do in the shadows is probably my yeah. favorite thing right now. Like, it's not just like TV show thing. Like, like I have, I love that. It's the only show I really watch live with commercials other than wrestling. So mm. uh, that's it. Uh, but wrestling is a sporting event kind of, so you kind of want to watch it live if you can. Great thing is it's not really a sporting event. So if you miss it, you can go back and watch it. We just watched something brutal yesterday. Um, ho- like uh, vampire. Matter of fact, what was that? We just saw a trailer for and had a vampire wrestler in it, Nathan. What? Oh, I, so last night, just because I wasn't ready to go to sleep yet, and I didn't really want to put anything on. I just went to Amazon Prime and just put in vampire movies and went down a rabbit hole. And I, <laughs> and I found one that Vampiro, the wrestler, the uh, luchador, made back in 19, was it 90 or 91? Something like that. Something like that called like Vam- Vampire the Devil's Warrior or something like that. It looks so bad and oh my god. And it was god, that, like the dubbing was oh, the like, dubbing is oh terrible. My. The dubbing is like <laughs> sub sub Godzilla level. And that is absolutely on the watch list for the madness this year. Now going nice. vampires, we I the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because, you know, we've got preview here and Pride Month and everything. Um, obviously there's a lot of metaphor for the other in vampires and I don't even have to go into the metaphors. If you are listening to the show, you understand. Uh, but, um, you know, there's also coming up, uh, a big horror film release. We get a Dracula. We finally get the voyage of the Demeter, Dementor, uh, summer, which is something I've been wanting pretty much all my life because Dracula was one of the first books I like owned like I still own my mom's copy it's on the uh, bookshelf in the living room right now um and uh that 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 chapter always intrigued me the one where he's on the boat coming to London and they never do it they always gloss over it except for the only time you really see any provenance to it that I can think of would have been probably the original Nosferatu. There's a couple of really good sequences on that ship, right? Some of the most iconic imagery is from that sequence. Um, no doubt. But, um, yeah, so how do the other people feel about this movie? Because I don't know. I, I think the trailers look great. I've been waiting for it forever. Uh, oh, I'm so <laughs> I'm super excited. I love how the trailer was cut. Um, you know, Dracula is a really short novel. You can read it in an afternoon if you really are determined. And I think one of the most interesting parts is uh, the captain's log. Because the book is all a series of letters, mostly. Um, Mm -hmm. And this feels like, you know, you're reading something private, but like the captain's log part story in just such a different way 
and I'm really curious um, to see, you know, how how they go into it. Because in every Dracula movie, it's let's load the coffin onto the Demeter. Oh, the Demeter has arrived. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really and everyone's into, dead! Right. <laughs> and that's all we know. Um, but in the book, you can figure it out because you're watching the captain's log. And um, I think it's a really interesting part that gets overlooked in many Dracula stories. So I'm super excited for that. It's also, um, there's there's uh, five horror films this summer that they say that are going to uh, be hit movies. One did okay, I was already out, and did okay, and that was The Boogeyman, which came out last week, yeah. I believe, uh, the new uh, Stephen King movie. I have, it did okay, didn't do amazing, but I have a feeling that film's going to have legs, and we're going to see it around for a while. Uh, you know, it might be one of those, especially because it's a, it's a Stephen King uh, stamp of approval. Um, and the right. new Insidious. The new Insidious is going to make a fuck ton mm-hmm. of dough, whether you like them or not. I have mixed bags yep. about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the Red Door, which I know nothing about, but that's supposed to do really well. Um, a film that um, Nathan's been talking about for a while, Talk to Me, comes out. And the yeah. trailers look kind of interesting to that. The, tra- the trailers look really interesting for that one. It, like, well, it's an A24 movie, so even if it sucks it'll at least be well made but right. the the trailers to this movie look like because honestly supernatural goat like ghost horror is almost my least favorite genre but this <gasps> one looks wow. yeah yeah i like monsters and stuff like that but <laughs> this looks like a a ghost movie that i can totally get behind because i get a feeling that i know the angle they're taking and i really dig it yeah, and those are with the, with the last voyage of the Demeter. That's actually the, those are just the theatrical releases. Streaming is going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that came out last week that I wish I had Screenbox for Nathan. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, the Robert England documentary dropped on Screenbox, yeah. oh, and yeah. I really wanted to see that. Um, you know, so I was uh, supposed to get a photo with him at. Monster Palooza, and he got COVID, and he had to cancel. I saw the video oh, he posted about. I was that. crestfallen. Um, speaking of representation, not Pride Month, but um, you know, I would have to say that you know, no matter how you feel about Jordan Peele, it's opened a whole new group of people that are now allowed, like a huge, amazing amount of great directors and actors and stuff, that now have opportunities they didn't have before. Thank you for that. And an angry black girl and her monsters coming out. And then there's another film for uh, African-American horror film coming out, which is a comedy. Uh, do you remember? Yeah. What's Blackening, the name of it? Right. Huh? Yeah. The black the, that's coming out this summer. Um, and it looks awesome. It's coming out Friday. It's coming it looks out so Friday. Good. In theater. <laughs> Can't um, wait. Pet, Friend of the show, and um, we're all a huge fan I'm, uh, of him, even if you don't like his movies. I like him. Uh, Ted Gio uh, Gian, who directed Mohawk and the really, deep, really, really good ghost movie, We Are Still Here with Last Specimen. Um, he's, his new film dro- dropped um, this week as well. It's called Brooklyn 45. It's on Shudder. 
So I would recommend checking that out. The Blackening comes out Friday, by the way. Um, There's there's a bunch of... uh, what Shutter has been going for the indie films. Screenbox goes for the Asian horror, and so they're about to drop a bunch of new Asian horror on on Screenbox. So if you're into surrealist body horror, you they got you covered. Just so you know. Um, old. And then here's yeah. a question I have, and it, it's it's I've noticed something watching all these B movies, and I watched that documentary about that video company up in New Jersey. Well, and there's a movie Wave coming video. out, yeah, called Quicksand. It, it coming out. No, the the, 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 doc, the documentary was called Oh God, uh, Murder for Hire, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was all. It was, it's about a com- It's about a company that the DVD of the documentary is available from Vinegar Syndrome, and you could send them a script and a certain amount of money, and they would make your movie. What? And a lot of them yes. were like. A lot of them are like quick. It was nominated for a chainsaw last year. Um, a lot of them are oh. like there's this like whole subgenre of quicksand films that were really popular for a while, and now they kind of fall mm-hmm. off. Well, now they're doing a new one. There's a big mainstream release called uh, Quicksand, uh, and so I was reminding oh. me of that. That comes out in Shutter. And uh, oh, here's what here's the plot. Um, Nathan, you better hold on to your butt. You ready? I don't okay. know, Janessa. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you feel about snakes, but he really, really doesn't. Oh like no, oh, uh, I'm not a snake fan. I'm not uh, a snake fan. Though. You and me both. An American couple on the brink of divorce traveled to Colombia for a work conference. Okay, that's a pretty basic horror movie setup. The couple get okay. caught in a storm that leaves them trapped in a pit of quicksand. The elements, venomous snakes, and more and more ensure a brutal fight for survival. Oh, the red door is insidious. Okay, never mind. That's what happened. You had, you had me till snakes. I know. I was like, huh. oh, and snakes. <laughs> but quick, quick, the combination of quicksand and snakes brings me to the movie I am least looking forward to watching this summer, but I know I'm going to end up watching it, and that is Indiana Jones on the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, yeah. we're all. <laughs> I, I think it, it's funny. Yeah. It's a funny yeah. phenomenon with that movie because none of us are looking forward to it, but we're all going to go see it. Whoa, yep. whoa, whoa. I just discovered they are remaking Cube. And yeah. It, 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 really? In Japan, right? Japanese. Yeah. yeah. I've been waiting for it to come out. It's supposed to have been out a couple of years ago. Oh, I guess it came out. Uh, no, but the Blu-ray comes out. It says a video on demand on Screenbox. It was released in April, and then the Blu-ray comes out in two days. There's a game mm. show called The Cube that they keep advertising when we're watching wrestling. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going on a game show called The Cube. I've seen that movie. No, thank you. I, I, I always yell, what? Those traps are nothing. That's what I keep saying. You know? <laughs> no, thanks. No. Um, did you know that? Did you ever see Aladdin Xander Aja's movie uh, Crawl about the alligators in the basement? Yes. Uh, there's I actually like a sequel. It did too. It's not bad. Um, there's a sequel coming out called Flood. Uh, you know, oh, loose, loose yeah, sequel. I saw that. Yeah. So huh. that's coming. I was kind of surprised at that. So you know, that's cool. Uh, let's see, Cobweb. Like, and then, of course, the big kids movie of the summer is going to be Haunted Mansion. 
Uh, yeah. The real question is, I, I think I'm going to go see it because I want to see the art direction. The, tra- yeah. the trailers have got me cautiously optimistic about that one. Fingers crossed. I mean, the cast is solid. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but then again, you could have said that about the Eddie Murphy one, right? I mean, the Eddie Murphy one had potential. I, I like that yeah. little... It didn't. Work. It had potential. It didn't work. But um, no. I did. I did like that Muppet show. Um, there was a Muppet yeah. special. That was actually pretty yeah, cool. Too. So. Um, Kirk Thatcher directed that. Ah. So. Um. So. Oh, and then talk to me. It comes out the same day as that. Just so you know. That's July twenty eighth for talk. That's a worthy. It's a worthy double feature right there. Symphony for the Devil. That's the that's Nick Cage has not one film over the top this year, this summer. He had two with Renfield, right? So we got he had playing yeah. Dracula. Here we go, major vampire movie, right? Um, he's also playing Satan this year. <laughs> Honestly, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, like it, it, yeah. honestly, the only thing that surprised me about that is it has taken this long for someone to cast Nicolas Cage as Satan. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah, it's called Sympathy yeah. with the Devil, I believe, right? For the Devil, Sympathy for the Devil. So, and it's actually getting a theatrical release, but it's getting one of those, uh, you know, simultaneous ones. But it's also on VOD at the same time. Mm. Uh, so uh, now, and then there's also the, the weirdest. The absolutely weirdest combination I have ever heard in my entire life when it comes to a horror movie director. The, uh, <laughs> who, who thought of this? And it makes me actually want to go see it, even though the, movie, the original movie is, is mediocre. Uh, Meg to the Trench. Okay. Big shark <laughs> movie for the summer. We all love our shark movies for the summer. But the director is Ben Wheatley? Really? Ben Wheatley. Like, like fucking Ben Wheatley. And you know who he, he did Kill List, he did Sightseers, A Field in England, which is like this really weird movie. And then he did High Rise. And his last film was a pseudo horror film called In the Earth, which actually I kind of liked. Um, um, it, it, it's hard to explain what that movie is. I saw it the same day I saw Censor, which were another English horror film. Both of those films ended up being kind of really good uh, AB uh, double feature. All those films, I just kill this as a pagan movie. Sightseer is is a road trip from hell movie. Field in England is just trippy. High Rise is an adaptation of a book that was supposed to be undirectable, unfilmable, but he did it anyways, and he gave us a naked Tom Hiddleston. Thank you, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebe- he, did, he did a remake of Rebecca, and then he did In the Earth. None of those films tell me giant fucking uh, shark movie. None of those. So, yeah, that's um, bizarre. It really is. Like, I love Ben Wheatley. What the heck? So, I'm so curious. I'll probably end up going to see it. it if it's at the drive-in, for sure, going to go see it. 
So uh, I, that's one thing I love about the summer is the drive-in. Going to the drive-in, I really miss the Benjis up in Maryland. We had a really cool vintage drive-in. Uh, there's a, quite a few within driving distance here. The closest one is Starlight, uh, the Starlight, which is way famous, but it's not as cool as it used to be. Um, new owners are not don't have the love that they have. Um, also, I, but uh, I love going to see any movie at the drive-in. I have a very low bar when I'll go see at a drive-in. But I would love to like. But I don't actually like to go see a lot of horror movies at the drive-in because they're too dark. If you know if the if the moon is bright, forget it. You're not going to be able to see anything. Mm. Um, and so, like, I went to see Interview with a Vampire when it came out new, and I couldn't see anything when I went to see it at the drive-in. Uh, the whole back half of the movie uh, takes place in the bowels in France. Forget it. I couldn't see it. I'm so glad I saw it before. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, on the other screen was the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, so I was watching that too. Uh, so uh, the Robert De Niro <laughs> one. No, no. I'm Robert sorry, De Niro is the monster. Oh no, it might have been the Kenneth Branagh one. I think it was the Kenneth Branagh one. Anyway, That's yeah, Kenneth Branagh was the doctor. Yeah. Huh? Oh, is it? Kenneth Branagh was Doctor Frankenstein. De Niro was the creature. The one with the eels. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That is, yeah, that was what was playing on the other side. Was that one? Okay. <laughs> that was how long ago that was. Um, it was so, a while. But Meg, Meg too is a perfect drive-in movie. Perfect drive-in. Electric movie. Boogaloo. Boogaloo. I would like to go see that. <laughs> so. I I don't know if it's going to come out this this year, but I the worst part about Ty West recording X and Pearl at the same time is I feel like now we're having to wait forever for Maxine. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. And, and you know what? We're going to have to wait longer while this writer's strike's going on. That's why they halted production. Because yeah. <laughs> oh. Ty West and Mia Ghost are both in the writer's guild. Uh, so uh, we have to wait. So who knows? I mean, if we'll actually ever get Maxine. Um, I really, really hope we get them. Uh, maybe, maybe they're writing on the side. And they'll just drop it all of a sudden, boom, like like magic, you know. Yeah. You know, I I will say that writer strikes aren't always a bad thing because last time we had one, we got um, Doctor Horrible sing along blog, which is one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so pause because uh, there there's a lot of actors and writers with a lot of time on their hands, like kind of like what happened with us in COVID. <laughs> so they got stuff. They do, they're doing things on the side while they're waiting. Uh, so there is some positivity to that, hopefully, but yeah. I'm, uh, uh, but they halted Maxine, which upsets me. But what really upsets me is halting stranger things. Uh, this kids aren't getting yeah. any younger. Uh, you know, and and I really want him to finish that story like so bad. And um, that's that that's affected a lot of people I know personally uh-huh. that work on that show. So like you're in Georgia, you shut down Stranger Things, you're you're putting a halt to a whole bunch of jobs. So I hope I hope it gets resolved quickly and to a satisfactory finish to everybody. Here, here. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, they did announce while we were driving up to the mountains that they're actually building a multi-billion dollar studio up there uh, to draw business to the mountains because I didn't learn about, I learned about something today and it actually kind of indirectly relates to the studio is that Deliverance, which was shot not too far from where we were this weekend, um, did everything terrible to that area and killed tourism dead. Uh, so wow, like like deliverance almost destroyed that area, um, and it, it took like literally a decade to recover. And so they're trying to encourage people to move there and more economy and stuff. Like they're still recovering from deliverance, and that was what the seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Now saying that, cocaine bear and blood mountains having the exact opposite effect. People are going to blood mountains. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's a good thing at least. So, uh, you know, people aren't afraid. They're afraid of uh they're afraid of hicks, but they're not afraid of cocaine bears. Honestly, I would rather take on the guys with the uh with the banjos. Uh, you know, huh. but you know, than a cocaine bear. I mean, fuck that. <laughs> you can, you know, cocaine go go away. I don't All know, right, man. So. Having having lived in North Carolina and Georgia my whole life, I think I'll take the bear. Well, oh. it, it's it's funny. I had no idea how much of effect that movie had on seventy two. Uh, so I really, really did not know how much of effect Deliverance had on the economy of the Georgia North Georgia Mountains. Well, if you think I, about it, crazy. movie tourism really wasn't a thing at that point. No, and, there wasn't but, a lot of going and seeing where stuff was filmed, yeah. so people didn't think. Ooh, let's go see where that was filmed. They just thought, well, they I don't would, want to they squeal like a pig, media. you know. So. Yeah, they, they thought they thought that that's what people in Georgia Mountains were. There's people making assumptions about people, you know. Uh, you know that we, you know, no people like aren't like that. It is a movie. It is a it's a fictional story. People, not everyone's like that. Uh, not everyone wants to rape poor Ned Beatty. Uh, you know, we're not into that. You know, he, I couldn't, he, he, he works Luther. He would come after me. <laughs> so I get all, see in my brain, my kid's brain, like mixes all that up, which is so weird. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, I saw Superman first, but then I saw Deliverance. So I'm like, why is he being attacked, mommy? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> that's North, that's North Georgia's tourism slogan for next year. Not everyone wants to rape Ned Beatty. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, well, I, I just thought it was funny. Uh, like I learned all of this recently. I was like, really? I had no idea. But yeah, so the, the, right now the writer strike is really affecting what's going on down here as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now, luckily, there's a lot of things to do while we're waiting. There's lots of concerts, music, everything major comes through here. Uh, we have the Braves, too, which is like a super big draw. I'm not really a baseball fan, but you can imagine because they're usually in first place or second. Everyone comes to see them. I'm actually much more interested in the Gladiators, which are a uh, ho- hockey team down here. I haven't seen them yet. Uh, so, um, But the Stanley Cup's on, by the way. Just for I'm just m- making that as a document. I'm not watching it this year. <laughs> Stanley Cup's on, finals, um, as we speak. Anyway, uh, let's see. Is there anything other than personal appearances that we need to talk about? Because the next thing would be personal appearances and what we're doing personally. 
Um, other than I talked about my concerts, but this isn't about me. It's about y'all. Um, <laughs> everything? Any movies? Uh, I saw some movies? stuff while we were off. Um, I, I had a chance to see uh, Ben Burt at the Academy Museum. Uh, they just added a new exhibit on sound. And Ben Burt, of course, was the sound designer on Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., the ex- uh, a bajillion things. So uh, he actually talked uh, a great deal about Star Wars and then a little bit about uh, the exhibit at the Academy Museum. And uh, the exhibit's actually really fun. And uh, I got a chance to shove one of my um, uh, action figures in front of Mr. Burton Evans. That was cool. Um, I finally attended the Scum and Villainy Cantina. I went on May the 4th Be With You. And uh, that was pretty cool. And I got to see... Uh, Carrie Fisher get her star posthumously on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, you said that a while back. It's it really good. I'm so glad. Yeah. I miss Carrie. I miss Carrie Fisher so much. Here, here. Oh my god, she was like another hero of mine. Was Carrie Fisher? Um, you know, she was my princess growing up. Here, here. We didn't have we didn't have Disney princesses in the late in the mid 70s. Uh, they, they they were doing that thing where they would release them in theaters for like two weeks, and if you missed it, you should have a look for a year or so, maybe even five, ten years. Uh, so uh, Yeah, they would always put out the VHS, and it would be out for a little while, and then it would go back in the vault, and you yeah. couldn't get it for like yeah. five years yep. or ten years. Yes. They, they, that's what they were doing that with movies for a very, very long time as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, like Star Wars, she was my princess. You know, Valeria, oh, yeah. Antonia, she was my princess. You know, my, my women mm-hmm. were kicking some ass and taking names. Uh, so I, I want to say one thing about Disney princesses right quick, because I learned something this week that I did not know. Fox still owns the rights to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Technically, after the acquisition... Dr. Frankenfurter is a Disney princess. Of course they Absolutely. A queen. On what basis? I don't understand that logic. <laughs> Fox owns, like, whoever stars in a Fox movie is a Disney princess. Well, now that, oh, Disney, uh, now that Disney owns <laughs> technically the whole thing. Like, the, like 98% yeah. of Fox. Yeah, the Xenomorph is a Disney that. princess, but that's not, oh, nearly, as, that's yep. not nearly as interesting <laughs> as Frankenfurter <laughs> no, being no, one. No, no, no. Because Xenomorph has a mother. <laughs> no, 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 no. The mother is the queen, which means the the next eldest egg is the Disney princess of Xenomorphs. That's just science. Okay. That, that's <laughs> because science. Yeah. yeah. All right, so y'all are kind of right, but I'll tell you that if you watch, here's how I know that. Fox and Hulu and Disney are all related. If you watch Prey from last year, which is a pretty good movie, take away the the period trappings and just make it the plot. She's a Disney princess all the way. The story is Disney princess. She, you know, she she's misunderstood. She's really talented. Her parents say estimators, dead parents. Uh, fighting an, an, uh, a beast of an, uh, incredible odds and becoming a leader of her tribe, Disney princess. Head <laughs> cannon accepted. Yes, 
so I, 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 I just, I, I couldn't believe, I mean, it really, seriously, it's the most R-rated Disney princess film ever made. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is definitely, definitely a Disney film. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was what Mulan should have been. Let's put it that way. Oh, I want a Mulan. I want a Mulan versus Predator movie now. Oh, ooh, ooh. Well, I mean, the live action Mulan almost works, but it doesn't. It falls short, and I kind of wish it would. Like they needed to change directors. Like I think that um, a Chinese director would have done a lot better with that movie. It just Uh, they needed more aliens. Well, all all movies need more aliens. Or drag queens, sometimes both. Uh, you know, yes. alien, <laughs> alien drag, drag queens. Queen. Uh, dude, I'm all about ah, alien. I like drag the way queens. you think. Yeah. So, I mean, we no got reason we can't have story. Ewoks versus the Predator. Disney owns both. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> the teddy bears versus short Disney. death from below. Aww, I mean, would they short even take them? Short death from below. Yeah. Okay, so, um, all right, so we're going to start with Janessa. Um, you said you had some personal appearances. You're finally starting to go and beat her out. So what uh, do you have coming up? Yes, yeah, so the big thing is just uh, Bismarck Pride coming up this weekend. Um, so we're going to be at the Bell Mayhew's Auditorium in Bismarck on Saturday night. Doors open at 7, and the show starts at 8. And we've got some of our best regional talent coming in for the show and there's lots of other events there's going to be a bowling night there's going to be um, a vendor show on saturday and um, some different things going on there otherwise um, nothing else planned i've had a couple uh feelers out i might have a show coming up in grand forks pretty soon i've got a couple things that might be coming up in fargo but you can always catch me uh usually every week a new video on my youtube channel so the next one that's coming out uh this week is going to be about um appropriate to our discussion tonight is 10 pride appropriate horror films for you to enjoy this pride month. ah lovely make sure you tag me in the post so i can share it um so when you do drop it um, absolutely, because uh, thank you, and thank you for coming on the show. I hope someday we can see each other again in person, because it feels like we don't get enough time. Because uh, so, yeah. even when we're together, we're usually busy working or, or working yeah. it, depending <laughs> on the situation. I mean, Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, um, and Raven, so what do you have personal stuff? I know you have quite yeah. a few, especially for Pride Month. Right. Well, uh, the most coming up around the corner thing is on Sunday, uh, June 18th at noon at the Back Door Theater on Hawthorne in Southeast Portland. Um, I'm directing a stage reading of a play I wrote called Sappho the Tenth Muse about one of the first queer poets in known history. And it is free. All tickets are gay AF, which is give as you're able, friends. And this is for the Outright Festival, which runs all month, all over Portland. Queer theaters and theaters that don't particularly do queer-focused stuff 
are um, in this festival spotlighting uh, queer performers and queer playwrights and directors. So um, come check it out. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. <laughs> Only, you know, because it's free. Wow. <laughs> All right, I'm afraid to throw it out to Aaron, but Aaron, what do you have for the summer? <laughs> what, me? I, I'm a... I'm a, a shy retiring type. I've got nothing. Oh, okay. Maybe one or two things. Um, let's see. Next Wednesday at Revenge of, which is an amazing comic book store in Los Angeles, uh, the collected minor threats signing with Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt is a not to be missed nerd event. Um, Patton Oswalt, Brian Posehn, Ron Funches are all doing uh, wow. comedy stand-up sets. There's going to be barbecue uh, and the signing, and it's all free. You know, buy your comic, uh, and the whole thing's free. Um, also, you should be aware that Saturday the 24th at our beloved local, The Frida, uh, the 40th anniversary director's cut of Videodrome plays at mm. 8 o'clock. That is presented by Horror Buzz. So I really fucking want to be there. And July has way too many things, so we'll tell you about July in July. Well, and um, you know, Blob Fest is in July, and they will have an association with Mystery Science Theater 3000 this year. Jonah Ray is going to go as his character. Um, for the To the Floor show, which will be awesome. To have those worlds collide horror hosting. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, what, what, what are the dates for San Diego Comic-Con? Uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year is going to be... Oh, and I just found out that there's a superhero tea at 1 o'clock on preview night. So my things <laughs> are changing all the time. Um, the 19th, Wednesday the 19th, is preview night, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday the 23rd. And then that's, that next week, Midsummer Scream starts on the 28th, 29th, and 30th. So we Pray will probably me. do a show. Yeah, well, it's training season for you. Um, we'll <laughs> probably be a, do a show where we preview those two shows specifically. Uh, so probably in July at some point. So I just want to make sure that those, I knew those were, I knew those shows were coming up. So, uh, so I want to make sure you mentioned it at least so people know to listen and call in, uh, maybe early season. So, so Mr. Nathan, bring this all home for us. All right, ladies, gentlemen, everything in between deep South wrestling has been quiet. For some time, we've had some stuff going on internally, but we are ready to break back out and give you guys the show you all expect, the amazing spectacle you expect every time you come see Deep South Wrestling. Next Saturday, June 24th, we are going to be at Das Barbecue over on Memorial Drive in Atlanta. It is a free show, free, my second favorite F word. And it's going to be an outstanding show. I want everyone to show. And if you're planning on going to Impact Wrestling that night, we will be over in time for you to make it over to center stage. So come out to Das Barbecue. Come see Deep South Wrestling. I promise you, you're going to like what you see. You're going to want to come back to every show that we do after that. And we have shows scheduled all throughout the summer, culminating in a big show that I am not allowed to talk about yet, but it is going to be an amazing Ooh. show. But June 24th, we are making our grand resurgence at Das Barbecue at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. 
excuse me, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 3 p.m. Yes. It's an afternoon three. show. Three. So 3, 3 p.m. Be there for all the action. And you can also catch me. I believe we have two episodes left in season two of Sell Your Soul, which is the podcast where me and my hetero life mate, Brad, um, discuss classic soul music and all the love we have for that kind of stuff. So if you want to listen to us talk about that wonderful, wonderful Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, the stylistics, Marvin Gaye, all that kind of fun stuff, come catch us wherever your podcasts are, wherever you get your podcasts. Sell your soul. Check it out. Nice. Just Google Deep South Wrestling and sell your soul, and whatever comes up, go to that. Uh, Deep South Wrestling uh, is a traditional promotion. It's not a deathmatch promotion, if people are curious, because, you know, Nathan does both. Um, so, the best, it's, not, it's not IWA Deep South. It's just Deep South. Yeah. So. That's the what, this is a school. There's a wrestling school out of South Georgia that Deep South Wrestling comes out of, and these are the top trainees out of the school. And what's great is these are not like the huge stars that you see on TV. These are the guys that are out to prove themselves. These are the ones that you're going to see on TV within the next few years. Yeah. This is, this this is the pregame for the big leagues. Yeah. This is, this is pretty legit. When you saw that great band at a small club show and now they're playing arenas, that's kind of what this is. You can say you saw those wrestlers before they were on the huge stage. Mm. And wow. I, I can honestly say, and this covers a lot of ground, but from a purely in-ring standpoint, the just quality of the wrestling, Deep South Wrestling is the best promotion I work with, which is saying a lot. So you should definitely come and check the show out. So to leave that – Thank you all once again for being on the show. And uh, we, I haven't set any new episodes, but I did want to talk about topics that we might think of. Obviously, there's going to be a vampire theme throughout the summer. I'm going to play vampire and uh, uh, vampire-related music as my outro for the rest of the season, um, up to the madness. So I have I have some mm-hmm. queued up tonight, and really that's related to summer and horror um, for our outro. Uh, I also think, and Janessa, you're welcome to come to the show if you want to. We've never done one because I don't usually like doing this kind of thing, but we're going to do a a Sexy Witch Round Robin. It's going to be a burn episode. I know you guys have been wanting to do a burn episode. We've (laughs) never done a burn episode. Like I said, I don't like to diss on other people's pop culture unless it's really 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 awful <laughs> like like you is not awful <laughs> so um but there's sometimes you gotta talk about a movie and just just rip it to shreds you know so i, I was thinking maybe july or august we do one of those episodes Nathan wants to do one on, uh, he wants to drop some music actually on the show. Uh, so we might do a, a, a episode of specifically about vampire music. Um, there's so much out there. 
uh, yeah. to lead up to the madness. So maybe that'll be like the late August, early September, right before the show starts, before the madness starts. Uh, so we'll do just, something like just, that too. Just for the record, I on my computer, I just plugged in my drive that has all my music on it and searched the word vampire. It's currently at 300 songs and counting. That is found in the collection. Wow. So there's a shit ton of vampire music Damn. out there, folks. Yeah, so there's that what going on. What would you on. say is the um, the decade that most of that music comes from? Oh, God. Um, well, there's a whole lot of horror punk coming from the 90s. Hmm, okay. That, mm-hmm. From that, but as far as a lot of mainstream stuff, the late 80s and early 90s seems to be when a lot of the mainstream acts were really into vampires. So there's some good stuff coming from that era, too. I'm not doing some, some deeper digging into this. There's there's interesting fields to be mined for that. I, I have a guest in mind for that episode. Um, his name is Evil Jem. He works for uh, he's in the band Elzig, which is the uh, Elvis impersonator uh, Danzig clone band that does rockabilly. Uh, <laughs> and, mother, and, and the and the best Tom. guitar player that I know. <laughs> and Evil Jim wrote two books. Um, that about novelty, uh, novelty Halloween singles and albums, and I happen to have copies of them. Uh, they're here, so I was thinking of having him on to talk about vampire. I'm sure he has a bunch of vampire stuff up his sleeve. So I think I, I, I have to ask him, but I think it's a good idea. I think that's, we've been talking about having Evil Jim on for a while. I think it's time to bring him on. So, <laughs> Evil Jim oh, stuff that none of us have ever heard of, I guarantee oh. you. Uh, you know, Evil Jim is one of the Days of the Dead family is where I met. Uh, I already knew Nathan online, but we really bonded over Days of the Dead. I mean, he hired me, for crying out loud. I met Janessa that same show. I met Evil Jim that same show. Uh, you know, and now I live near two of them, and I feel very close to all of them. And thank you once again for making my life colorful and having great, wonderful friends, especially now with my new part of my mile. I won't go into which one, but I am having a milestone birthday in August. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> and I'm starting a whole new life and a whole new summer. Thank you all. We're going to leave tonight with uh, Jan and Dean because it's the summer. Got to bring in some Jan and Dean. And this is, what is it called? It is a... Uh, Surf and Hearse. Oh, Surfing hers. Do we know anything about this song? Nice. Yes. I know yeah, nothing about it. it. I just love the <laughs> hell out of this song. Okay. I don't. I don't know anything about it. Other than Dan and Dean and Dan and Dean rules. And once again, thank you, Janessa, for being on the show. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Raven. Yep, thank you, Aaron. Thank you all yeah. for listening. If you're out there, we all appreciate you. I love you. And once again, we're leaving tonight with Dan and Dean, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. And uh, maybe even the evil genes will call in on the next one. Who knows? Yeah. So have a good one. Let's be good film hunting. Good night.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.